It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Before I was born. It's, uh, I was born that year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no wonder you don't like telling that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, would, you, would you mind running that? Uh, I've got enough for my parents, mate. Would, would, would you mind tackling that move for me? <laughs> Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. I'm joined with my right hand man Dej. How are you today bro? I'm doing very very good bro. Um, obviously it's not every day you're joined by sort of managerial royalty and <laughs> you know we're joined by someone special today so looking forward to this, yeah, this podcast. Is, this is someone that I've respected you know from my embryonic stages of watching the Beautiful Game. Shout out <laughs> the Beautiful Game Podcast but before we introduce our guests I'm just going to plug our social handles. The Twitter is at podcast underscore TBG. The Instagram is at pod underscore TBG. And the TikTok is TBG pod. Please subscribe to the channel. Support the channel by liking this video. And please leave a comment for the algorithm. I know this this <laughs> probably means absolutely nothing to Mick as he looks at us and yeah. <laughs> you know, thinks, well, what the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> but we're delighted to announce we are joined with Mick McCarthy. Welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Les. Can I just get my social media post out? <laughs> yeah, have you got Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, absolutely TikTok? Nothing. It's absolutely <laughs> nothing.com. <laughs> You've got some viral clips going around, so you should have my, a TikTok. My granddaughter, she's got all of that. I'll leave it to her. She shows me how to do it. No, yeah. thank you very much, Mick, for coming on. We've been speaking for a while now, and you always said that you're definitely going to do it. So thank you very much for honouring your word and coming on to the podcast. Yeah, well, I was always going to do it. It's just that you you phoned me at very inappropriate times like when I was sunning myself in Portugal yeah. or riding my bike or yeah. just not at home and so 
And yeah. I'm glad to be here. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Living that luxury life, you know. But um, <laughs> Mick, I just want to kick things off a little differently today in terms of um, starting off with the first question. So what would you say from your previous experiences, like the, the key thing that makes you the man you are today? Uh, my upbringing, I guess, from my family and, and the values that they had through my dad. My dad working 12 hours a day uh, and then uh, six hours on a Saturday, six till 12. And uh, what I was expected to do, you know, the values that they had, they brought me up to be hardworking, to be respectful, to be honest, to be, uh, I guess, the, the guy I am now in terms of my values that I have. And then, fortunately, I was half reasonable at football. I, I, had, a, I had a good career at it. Uh, and and I've always just stuck to those things. I think I've, I've never, I was never a, a great footballer. I was probably better at stopping. I was uh, stopping great footballers, footballers mm. being great rather than me being a great footballer. But everybody needs that, and and I think that just came through me and, and my upbringing. That's what's helped me to be the the manager I am because I expect it of my players as well. I expect them to be on time, I expect them to be honest, I expect them to work hard. And you know, every says, well, that's a little bit simplistic. Well, it's not. If you can get them all to do that and get them all to be respectful, and I, and I see teams now when I look at, uh, and I'll say, I, I see Arsenal now as a different team altogether. They're young, they're hungry, they look respectful, look hard working, they're on time, and they're top of the league. And they're yeah. flying yeah. and yes they've got some brilliant talent as well but let me tell you you can have all that brilliant talent if you got, if you haven't got the other things forget all about it yeah so just talking about the here and now obviously you're not working you're not in a job right now so how has life been like for you well as I said you know you've been calling me around in Portugal <laughs> and I'm saying days I'm on the golf course days I'm paddleboarding days I can't talk to you days you get lost I can't speak <laughs> There's you annoying me now. <laughs> the story of days is weak, annoying people. He always, he always says to me that I'll ring you on Monday. Monday comes, never rings. Wednesday, I'm driving <laughs> and, I, and, I get, and I get the call. So, so uh, it's been, I'm enjoying it. I've got, I've got, I've got four grandchildren now. We've just, I don't know, eight weeks old, 11. And, and we've got Fanula, Nancy, Sid, with the nine-year-old, two five-year-olds. And I've loved my time off and spending time with them. But, you know, if, if I get the opportunity, I'd like to go back and, and manage again. What makes you want to go back? Because, you know, you, you know, like, for example, Neil Warnock, he announced his retirement not too long ago. But what is it about the game that makes you want to go back? Yeah, let me just clear something up with Neil Warnock. He's 73, I'm 63. <laughs> <laughs> He's 10 years yeah. I, was, I was at Barnsley with, with Warnie and we, we're good mates and... Uh, he says he's retired. Let me tell you. That, Somebody yeah. has a little tickle at him. We all know Neil. Yeah. Yeah. that opportunity yeah. comes. Yeah. <laughs> and so as much as I've enjoyed my time away from it, because you know I've done things that I've never been able to do, the upside of being out of work, you know, the downside is we, we miss it. We all miss the interaction with players, the interaction with the clubs. I go and watch games and I'll be analysing them and you know, I might be doing it for a, a core commentary for Sky and I'm... I'm loving being there and being at the game and probably wishing I was down there doing it. Because mm. recently, I think I saw yesterday maybe, um, the Wigan job's available, Liam Richardson 
unfortunately lost his job and there was like maybe four or five names <coughs> being linked to the job and your name was there you know I think it's 16 to one shot or 20 to one shot so have you heard anything in that regard proper outsider no I think that's uh, <laughs> uh, I stuck my name in I'm not going to I don't want really to lie about it. I'd be honest about it. Yes, I'd be more than happy to take it. I'd be delighted uh, to get back in. And myself and TC, because TC's... It's 12 months now that we've been out. And uh, we'd both like to get back. Uh, and he's... That's what he does best. He's fabulous on the grass and coaching players. Uh, as good a coach as I've worked with or seen. Oh hello! <laughs> so, did you approach Wigan and just sort of say, "Listen, I'm here. If you need my help, if you want to talk, I'm available to speak to." Or are you sort of waiting for the call? No, I just I put my name through my representative, Jamie Morley, and uh, oh, the boys at New Era. Another guy, to be honest, Neil Neil Sang, another agent. I had his son at Cardiff, Tom. He rang them up and recommended me, which is kind of nice. But my own representative, Jamie Jamie Morley. From New Era, they put my name in. Um, I've not heard anything, you know. I did. It, I did. I was the same with Sunderland, and yeah, so I well, yeah. you, you can only do that. I mean, you can't put your name in until somebody's gone. Yeah, it's a bit wrong if you do anyway. Um, so I'll wait and see. And that's that's all I can do. Because yeah, there's a Luton think, job as well that's available. Yeah, there is. Nathan Jones is obviously. I think there's one or two. So how old is he now? You know. So I've I've offered so, I've offered to get out my bike mm. and have a bike ride with the chief exec. If anybody <laughs> wants to come out with me, we'll have a fitness test. Uh, and it's how how enthusiastic you are still, and I've still got still got all that enthusiasm that I've ever had. I think. So what's the, like your view on the managerial landscape at the moment? Because. A lot of the times we see like clubs going for like younger managers, um, managers that have been, you know, ex-players, for example, like we see Steven Gerrard get the Aston Villa job, obviously that didn't work out for him. Frank Lampard at Everton, you know, Middlesbrough have just appointed Michael Carrick. They seem to be going for this sort of like young sort of ex-pro kind of thing. So what's your take on the managerial landscape at the moment? Well, I was there, wasn't I? I got my first chance mm. at Millwall at 32. I was, the, I was playing there. And uh, very fortunate for me that Mr Burr, Reg Burr, the old chairman, uh, gave me the job. And Peter Mead, of course, who was the vice chairman, then took over the club, trusted me, entrusted me with a with a with a gig at 32. And lots of others are getting them now. I I understand it. I think that uh, you know. I think you asked me how I think about management at the moment. I've kind of lost the stigma of actually losing a job when you. It's horrible. Let me tell you, you you've lost games. I lost eight games on the bounce at Cardiff, and uh, I'd actually won seven when I went in and drew yeah. two. How does it happen? Mitigating circumstances, but we end up being responsible, and we are. And I actually made some mistakes then towards the end, and quite. And I said I'd sack myself after losing eight so games. So, mix. but mm. I'm, I'm just going to talk about the stigma of losing a job. Mm. When I see Marco Bielsa get the sack and Daichi get the sack. I think, wow, well, the, 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 the stigma's not that much attached to it, you know, because they were, how did they get the sack? Daichi was there for nearly 10 years, he was brilliant, kept them in the league for so long. I mean, uh, you know, Vincent Cummings doing an amazing job there now and changed it all around. Uh, but Bielsa came in and just revolutionised Leeds for yeah. two years, they're in yeah. three years. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I don't feel so bad about it. I, I, I still do, but I don't. I just see men who've been It's part successful. and parcel of being a man. It's part parcel, you know, that, uh, of the game, unfortunately. Mick, so, like, what happens? Like, how do you know you're about to lose your job? What happens in the dressing room? Do you get messages from senior authorities at the club saying, you know, we're coming into training, we're coming to the game? Like, what actually happens when you're about to lose your job? You can see it coming. It's, it's you can feel it coming. It's, it's, it's when you're losing games, you know that because then the uh, the press start to, mm. to question is he going? Is he going? You get asked in the TV. So do you, are you feeling under pressure after four defeats? Do you think you know? And you have to go and say, oh no, no, I feel great. Of course we feel under pressure, <laughs> and we all know it. But there's very often we we would we would deny that. So these two lads have both kept their phones on this so, one. Like, so, just for everybody so. knows. <laughs> Terrible. They were fine for being late. They've got fine for having their phones <laughs> so, You, you kind of know it's coming, and, and it's you know it's like the old uh, it's like the old set. You can you know it's coming. You can't hear it. You don't see it, but it's going to land at some stage. Uh, but you know when when we do get this, it's, it's been going wrong. That's simple as that. And for whatever reasons, there might be mitigating circumstances in terms of players who are injured, players who are not happy, you know, all the other reasons. I just wonder when I say about the likes of Daichi and, and Bielsa and, and people who have lost their jobs and have done amazing jobs, how is it that we can get it so right? I go into Cardiff, I win seven on the bounce and draw, draw two, win seven, and we lose eight on the bounce. I'm beaten in 11. I know, where, where, does, it, where does it... You know, it's. Uh, but there was a whole sort of summer of transition mm. in that period as well. You know, yeah. we we went into Ipswich TC and I in uh, November 2012. They had seven points from 13 games. We ended up with 60. Wow. You know, we had we had 50, yeah, we had 53 points from 33 games, which was an amazing turnaround. Uh, so that can be done, and yet you you wonder if you can do that. How can it go the other way? But quite clearly, it can. So. During your time at Cardiff, because people in the press always say, oh, he's lost the dressing room. And do you see signs of that? Like, oh, this guy, he's not, they're coming in late or no. they're not. Do you, do you see signs that, hmm, I've, I've lost him here? I've never lost a dressing room ever. You might, you might lose, you might lose a player or one or two. It might suit me to do that because they're being a pain in the backside. <laughs> or you know, they think they're better than they are and they, they, they play when they want to play and they don't play and... You know, because because you've left them out, because you've you've not picked them, because they're unhappy with that. So if you lose one of them, well, you lose one. And you know what? I've always done it. Friday, I name the team. I have some. You get some real sulky faces. Saturday, we play win, lose, a draw. I'm on the. I'm with them Sunday morning and shaking their hand and still saying, "Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, mm -hmm. Phil." And if I get the old piece of wet fish, like you know, <laughs> the floppy hand, yeah. <laughs> It's about, hold on a minute, you've just played six on the bounce for me, and it's like, morning gaffer, mm. you leave them out once, you get the old wet fish, get lost. <laughs> so, that those kind of, I'm not, that don't bother me. You, you can bring them round, to be fair, because I always treat them exactly the same, just straight down the line with them all. Yeah, that's proper values, because I remember the last game against Middlesbrough, ironically against your good mate, Neil Warnock, mm. I think there was something like no shots on target and people are sort of fathoming thinking, how is that possible? Because I'm sure you coach your team to attack mm. through the wings. So how do you sort of like legislate for that? I've no idea. What was even worse, we played Reading prior to that. 
and we had I think we had 25 goal attempts and they had one and it went through yeah. <laughs> Curtis Nelson's legs who had more blocks than anybody else and of course it's a former winger that scored the goal that had gone there he'd left in the summer and come back and scored I don't know <laughs> how it happens I really don't and so like if I did I'd write a book I'd sell it it'd be great I'd, I'd make zillions run I'd so in terms of that game, when it ended, do you know at that moment that, listen, this is probably my last game at the club, the way sort of the fans were behaving and stuff like that? Well, don't, we'd, we'd had lost seven before. Mm. And uh, I thought the club were really fair to me. I thought the club wanted me to, to, to do well and to be successful and could have pulled the trigger after five games, I guess, and didn't, supported me. And so I have no... You know, no, no hard feelings towards anybody for that. Um, and and I, after the game, you, I'm going into the press conference and I get the call from from Mehmet Delman, who yeah. was really supportive of me and wanted to do well and didn't you know didn't want to tell me the give me the nine o'clock news. Although it's five o'clock, it's the nine o'clock news. You know it's coming. <laughs> and I, I said, well, you know, I, I, I couldn't argue with it. Not at all, and yet, and they they were so supportive, and there was they've been so respectful since in terms of you know the contracts that you sign. I've got no recriminations against them at all. They've, they've been fabulous. How have you had to adapt um, to the modern player? Because obviously, a lot of the time we hear managers needing to adapt to the modern game, but in terms of like individuals, because I'll give you a case study. For example, my generation or let me speak for myself and myself only, I don't like my manager giving me a dressing down where you shout at me, or oh, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. I want, you know, my manager to cajole me, to put his arm around my shoulder and say, look, you, you're, you're doing this well, but you can work on this X, Y, Z. So how have you had to adapt to your approach when it comes to management over the years? Well, I've been doing it since 92. Uh, Sorry, yeah, 1992, yeah. I got the island job in 96. Before I was born. It's, uh, I was born that year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no wonder you don't like telling that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would, you, would you mind running that? Uh, I've got enough for my parents, mate. Would, would, would you mind tackling that ball for me? <laughs> anyway, so we know how to deal with Doc now. So, yeah. uh, people, uh, sorry. You asked how we adapt. Mm. I've been doing it since 1992, and it's been changing gradually, and I've been involved in the game ever since. And we evolve with it. We, do, we don't just one season, have a season, then come back the following season and everything and something's changed, and we go, oh, oh, I'll have to do something different now. Or then the following season, or 10 years later, oh, he's done something different. You know, how, how did Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, they... they, they adapt and they evolve with, with the game and and I have certainly we used to get dressing down in, in changing rooms you know in your face and and I thought the same as you a bit more constructive criticism would have been you know because when you're getting it the temptation is to tell the manager to go and do one <laughs> but you can't because you know you're going to get fined and then you'll get dropped and so but there are times when if if, some, if the manager keeps telling you not to do that and you do it 
and because you want to do it, if you think you're going to get away with that and not have a dressing down, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> because you do what the coach or the manager is telling you. And by the way, he ends up being responsible because he he's mm. the one that will yep. end up, oh, he'll get the plaudits if we win something, but he'll get the sack if it goes wrong. And, you know, generally, oh, 90%, well, I'd like to think 100% of the time, I've only ever given players constructive criticism and... and and if it is being a bollocking, I think it's being deserved. Because I've kept saying, don't do that, don't do that, you're going to have to do that, you're going to have to work on that. And then, you know, they go and roll a square pass into somebody and you know full well it's going to get nicked at the end of the score. And if you're responsible for it, it's it's afterwards, it's the, it's afterwards what you do. So if, if, if I get a bollocking, the manager comes to me the following day and says, mate, well, let's have a look at that. Come on, let's, we'll work on that. And by the way, he's the same with me then. Comes and shakes me on Monday morning, even though I've given a goal away. I'm cool with that. The bollocking don't bother me. It's what he does afterwards. If he sulks with me, that's the difference. If he sidelines me because he thinks I'm not listening to him, so and I've never done that. I've never done that to players. Yeah, talking about sidelining, we've seen the whole big interview yesterday with... Cristiano Ronaldo way sort of you know <laughs> went to town on the football club Ten Hag the Glazers you know like, what's your take on that situation as a manager how would you manage that if that was dropped at your doorstep well if I uh, I've had I've had things drop on my doorstep don't worry about that uh, <laughs> uh, which, which will not be mentioned of yeah, course yeah. because we don't uh, want to get the dick of the day you award. Don't want to get the dick of the day I thought it was looming I thought it was uh, well, it's orchestrated because it's there's no more games. It's six, it's six weeks, so he didn't have to go back into the club. You know, uh, I do, I personally don't think he's right, not at all. And I've I've been at you know, I think that uh, he's such a big superstar. I think that, and I'm not saying this to become more famous, by the way, as the because uh, I'm I'm not interested. I'm just interested in what is right and wrong. It seemed to me like the best thing to have done would to have parted the ways in the summer. The the problem is 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 the finance of it all. That, the way I look at it is that if if Ronaldo had said, and I don't know if he did, so I'm not putting words in his mouth. Listen, Man United, I want to leave and I'll leave for nothing. I'll just go. I think Man United. You know, if that was the case, I would have been in charge. I'd have thinking, well, that's the best thing to do if he wants to go for nothing. But if he's saying, I want, I want to go and and uh, buy a Munich or somebody else is only going to pay half my five hundred and fifty grand a week, <laughs> and you're going to be left with the other half, Man United are not going to let him go. So I, I, none of us know all the circumstances. Yeah. But you know, it generally seems to be financial, and, and he, he's took the opportunity to do the interview. When he he'll probably never go back. Yeah, I think that's his thinking. That listen, I'm gonna damage the situation so much that the club are gonna have to like find a resolution. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then he's a player, so he gets asked to go on for two minutes. I, I think they're all they all got to be treated as equal. Yeah, because that's another argument that comes out of the situation that, listen, Messi, Ronaldo, they're superstars. You have to sort of give them a different sort of treatment to the rest of the group. Where do you nonsense, stand? Where do you stand? 
I agree as well, by the way. Like that, there's a, well, you hear yeah. people saying that ex Man um, United. I'm legend. with you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. No way. No, they all get treated. Listen, they, they all get treated the same. And I think you have to do because that creates resentment. I don't know if you've seen the video this morning of, of him. Uh, yeah, Bruno, yeah. Bruno. Apparently, that was put to bed saying that it was just a misunderstanding. They were joking about something else, accordingly. That's that's what you know, we'll take that. Well, and I, and I, and I agree with that. That you know, anything you could you could be left hanging, you could be left hanging with the hand out anyway, any day, couldn't you? Yeah, especially when Ronaldo offers me his hand, I'm just going to leave him hanging. Uh, not going to get him back to could, dinner, it, yeah, it, Gary Neville. It, it could be orchestrated that that, that could have been. Yeah, they didn't didn't mean anything, mm. and I'd like to think it didn't because we're gonna have to play in a World Cup together. But if if you treat other players differently, I tell you what, it's always the same. If it's if it's going swimmingly well and you're winning the league, nobody will say anything. As soon as it starts going wrong, it's 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 those kind of things that cause real problems. And I'll go back to Arsenal. He's you know Arteta's sorted it out with players that he seems to think should get shut off. And he's got all this lot now running around like blue ass flies for him. <laughs> and I think fair play to him. He's, I take my hat off to him for what he's done there. So he made some hard decisions. But Mick, what about the counter argument? How come players can't speak openly? We hear managers come out and, you know, hang some players to dry at times. And the player can never say anything. The player is just, I need to get on with it. You know, I can't do anything about this situation. I just got to focus on my football. Who... Who have you heard hanging players out to dry? When I think Jose Mourinho, Mourinho, just like a few days ago, he was like Tammy. No, I think there was like he was like fifteen players gave it their all today, but there's one that I've said, you know what? By January, you need to find a new club. As yes, sorry, I haven't seen that. But um, well, he's done with him, isn't he? So <laughs> well, he's done with him. So as far as I'm concerned. The player can react to that, and I think if he had, if he had to say that I think that's I've been ill-treated, he shouldn't be fined for that, mm. you know. Because I don't think I don't know accusing players of not trying is the is a real mm. sin, really. But generally, managers back players. You know, I've heard. Well, you, you told me about Brendan Rodgers on here. Brendan, of all people, was struggling at the start of the season. That's another thing. I'm thinking, how does he end up struggling? Everywhere he's been, he seems to he's, he's, it's turned to gold for him. And I think he's fabulous, Brendan. I really like him. And he's turned it around. And I heard I heard interviewers asking him about him. And he said, no, I thought we played some good football today. And I thought, you know, the process of this. And he never once turned it on the players. Mm. And I thought, well, fair play to you. And you know that's that's how it should be. You protect the players, uh, and you should, that's you get the best out of them. We we protect players. We do. You go out and you know you you massage some of their egos at times, and, and you, uh, you 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 protect them in interviews. Even when it when it's gone wrong and somebody's somebody's made a mistake, it's still not nice. You, you've made a blatant mistake. You scored an own goal, and I'll hear managers saying, "Well." You know, if, yeah. if something else happened, it was he was unfortunate with that. It might be an absolutely error, yeah. and they defend them because they know it's it's not nice to be criticised in public, and it should be done in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. I wanted to speak about managers' sort of relationships with fans because we've seen over the last few weeks. I don't know Steven Gerrard, for example, 
when he was on the brink of getting sacked when they lost against Fulham some of the abuse was just toxic personal vile like what's your relationship with that because you know when it's all going wrong you see a manager and it, it looks lonely and sometimes I think like Imagine what he's going through. This is sort of bad. So, what's your sort of relationship with that? Yeah, it's a lonely place when you get in, when you get in stick. Um, it's um, it's it's just so it's so pulled apart. That's that's the problem, you know. When we we're in we're in Barbados, sunning ourselves with sunglasses and a tequila when it's going well. Yeah. And um, by the way, we're in. You know the frozen north or in the Arctic when it's it's uh, it's the frozen planet when when it's going wrong. There's two different programs going on, and and when it gets to that, when it gets to that frozen planet job that you're on, it is horrible and it's hard to turn it around, and 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 it's hard to turn it around because of all the atmosphere. But you, look, my view is you enjoy it when it's going well, and when it's going wrong, you take the brick bats, and and I think. If you can turn it around, and I said I mentioned Brendan, let me tell you there have been as well as he's done. There have been a few people giving out to him, I've no doubt, and yet he's started to turn it around. He's done a great job, uh, but it's not nice. None, none of us like it. I don't like. I don't know anybody who says, "Oh yeah, I was I was being really criticised the other day." <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, <laughs> and there was thirty thousand shouting it. No, no. Yeah, so like, how do you sort of process that at home? Because I think some people forget that managers are people. Fans sometimes come into stadiums and think, this is pantomime, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. Did you hear that chant we made up? Yeah. Criticising, but you're a human being at the end of the day. So like, when you go back home in those sort of instances, like, how is it a family around or how do you process that? We take, well, I take it for what it is. I take, I take the, uh, the cheering and the... Abuse is, you know, what do they call them? Imposters. It's we know the cheering and the and the support is becoming because you're doing a really good job. You're getting good results, and everybody's enjoying it. And you know you're getting abused because it's gone sour, and we're not getting good results. Performances aren't good, and you're getting beat, and the the club's going down the league. So it's expected. Don't make it right. It's it's, it's what the abuse is. Now I'm I'm told uh, yesterday by somebody who's car was destroyed at the game you know and, and I'm listening to it I'm not going to tell you who it is but I was astonished that you know his car was destroyed at the game well a manager no it was a, somebody who was involved in the game not a manager it wasn't his car's parked up and it gets, it gets done at the game because somebody knows they've seen him come in and they're going uh, I, just, I just don't understand that but I get people shout. People are, you do this podcast and people are listen to it and people are emotional about football. You guys are. Who do you support? You guys? Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, but they're a scouser in the house. <laughs> By the way, my wife supports Liverpool and my son supports yeah. Liverpool. But, uh, and I love the way they played on the clock for the last so many years. Uh, man, I loved the way I played under Dag Leash. And I loved when I used to play against them and I used to get beat every time. But anyway, so, uh, you, you 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 guys have the emotions, mm. and I, and I bet you know you're asking me these questions. You're asking me to tell you what, how it feels like, and yet you both know when it's going well, it's brilliant. When it's going badly, not that it's gone that badly at Liverpool for so long, that it's so easy then to react in a negative way, and it, it doesn't help because the atmosphere gets toxic. 
And it's almost like a fait accompli when it starts to go that way. That, uh, you know, you said about Steven Gerrard. I'm not so sure about Leeds and uh, and Bielsa, because I think they were supporting him all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and they, they made a tough decision there, and who would have thought he got the sack, and yet they stayed up, because it looked like it was going the other way. Yeah. How do you cope with it? You just... You do. I, I haven't got a coping mechanism for yeah, that. I go home, my family's there, my wife Fiona, she's been at that, we've been married 42 years, you know, she's my support network, and she always says my support network's my family, my wife, my kids, my mates, and, you know, and, and people who are really close to me, that's my support network, always has been. Mm, and, and I have to, the older I get, I take it a bit more with a, you know, maybe if you've, if you're getting it for the first time, that's a tough one. Yeah, because Steve Bruce, I remember after his Newcastle job, he sort of came out and was just talking about sort of the the issues he was going through with the abuse and stuff like that. So do you maybe, do you have a support network of managers where you sort of message them and say, oh, I see what you're going through, I'm with you. And Not really. Randy Sometimes you'll, you'll, get a, you'll get a message from somebody knowing, you know, that's, you know, uh, yeah, no, come on, you do get a message at times. But Bruce, he, he's from Newcastle. He lived up there. Mm. It, that, you know, that is almost the impossible task that I think. It's great when you're going well. You're going out there. Everyone knows you. You're out there. You're morning, Bruce. How you doing? Hey, Steve. You know. Uh, I actually said it about uh, uh, um, in Ireland, you know, and Stephen took over, that he lives in Ireland. And that when the international job, you go and do it, and you fly home. Mm. If it's going well, all right, you're missing the everybody saying how good you are. But if it's going badly, <laughs> you're away from it. Yeah. Uh, and and I said about Stephen Kenny, he's you know his kids will be going to school, his wife will be in the shops, and if you have bad results, people are talking about it. It's it affects everybody. So like Steve living at Steve Brucey living in Newcastle, every bit of his day. Stopping at traffic lights and something mm-hmm. the car had seen him, and you know, if he's going well, he'd be, hey, Steve, if he's not, they were giving out yards to him. That must have been so tough. And and he said about social media, that's the reason I'm not any of it. TikTok? Is it is it that time already? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, not at all. No, I'm not on any. I don't why would I be on it? I'm I'm you know, if if I'm doing well and people are giving me praise, I say it's the both they're both imposters, but the abuse why I would pick a, a, a device up and look at it and look at people giving me abuse. And, I, and if I was on it, I'd either have a million followers or I'd be locked up. So mm. there'd be nothing in between. What? So do you think with your character and personality, if someone's like criticising you, do you think you'll hit straight back? Because you see it sometimes where people have a go back at their critics. I probably wouldn't feed it. You know, I've always said the keyboard warriors that could be, <laughs> uh, you might be giving out to me, it might be some... Uh, you know, some individual that's not right in the head, somebody that's, I don't know, uh, might be a completely intelligent man somewhere, but just likes abusing me. <laughs> might never have gone to a game. It could be anything. Yeah. So, I, But that's because I'm 63 and I'm a grander and I have a bit more perspective on life. Mm. Had I been a, a fiery young 40-year-old doing it, I might have done. And then you end up regretting it. And that's what I'm saying, because all you're doing is feeding that person's ego to be honest mm. but it'd be hard not to <laughs> Mick how important is time because 
to use Arsenal as a case study because I think you've referenced them maybe two or three times already. Mikel Arteta, he was someone that was under serious, serious scrutiny. Arsenal fans were saying he needs to lose his job. You know, he's a fraud. You know, he's was putting out comments for Pep Guardiola. He's not ready for management. And now the Arsenal hierarchy gave him the time and the trust. And now this season he's performing the best job in the Premier League with obviously Eddie Howe at Newcastle. So how important is time for you? Well, it's vital for somebody who's in a process of changing things around, and he was. And I thought at the time when he was losing some games, I thought they played brilliantly in them. Attacking-wise, I thought they were fabulous. The way they passed the ball, the way they moved, the way they attacked. I thought they were hopeless at defending. They always, always <laughs> managed to give a goal away. No, no. Somebody made a mistake, but somebody, there would be a, a link in that chain that, that let them down. And, and, and it kept happening, that's what cost them games. They now see them a far tougher unit, the centre back that they brought. Celebo, yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah, he, you know, ball goes over the top and they go go chasing it and he, he runs alongside him with a fat gun <laughs> and takes it off him. He's big, powerful. Uh, he's so quick and talented. That, that, that one. Player can make such a difference, but they are absolutely relentless going forward. But going back to your question, he's, he was given time, and I think the hierarchy at Arsenal deserve, you know, the, the credit for that. They must have seen the goodness in him, and how he was doing it, and the, the transition that he was making, and the process that he was going through, and the hard decisions he made with some of the more senior players. And he stuck to it, and he, he was pretty harsh with them. And he's changed it around, and now everybody and, and people who are lauding him now might just forget about all those hard decisions and the tough times that he had. And oh, Arteta's brilliant; he's fantastic. They'll forget them little things that they posted on social media. Yeah, they'll be cancelling, cancelling those tweets. tweets. Yeah. Delete, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of, I want to go back to you, Mick. When a manager takes a job, they always talk about the project's got to be right. You know, for you, what does that mean, a project being right? What things need to be in place? A project ain't got to be right. If, I, if you ever hear me saying that, will you just... Uh, I've heard managers, yeah. maybe the, the next generation of managers. <laughs> if you hear me saying that, please give me a slap. Will you? Come on, what have okay, when you hear project, does that just go over your head as like a jargon? Because in football now, yeah, I project. tell you what, the, the, the project's got to be right. There might be something I won't take because uh, it might be, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in the Championship or, or the Premier League. All right, so I worked over in, uh, in Cyprus as well, and I've, I've been an international manager. So there might be something I think, well, no, I'm not going to take that because I think I don't want to do it. Uh, but the project, the project I generally get is when it, there's a SH1T show going on and every, they're getting beat and, and they want a bit of stability and maybe a, an experienced manager who can come in and settle it down and get some results and either keep them up or maybe get them on the back of the playoffs and, and, and I look at it and I think well if I've got a chance of doing that I want to work Yeah, I want to get back in and work I want to be on the, on the grass I want to coach I want to manage and that's, that's my project being in the game and you know it's amazing, but wherever you go, you know, I, I go to Sunderland and they were bottom of the league in the Premier League, and I lost 
uh, 11 games on the bounce there, nine in the Premier League, and then the first two in the Championship. So it's the same time. I mean, they were dead and buried in the Premier League, and I, I came in and I was expected to revive it. That was never happening. It, it was, it, it was pretty toxic. Players knew they were going down. They wanted to leave. They're all looking after themselves. To be, no, not to be fair to them, to be harsh <laughs> on them. Uh, so that and, and you know, I'm new in the Premier League. So we finished third that year in the semi-final of the cup. So I was given a bit of time. But the project, the project was to win games. The project is to get in, turn the bad results around, and start winning games and start going north up the league instead of going south and down the league. So that's always got to be the project. And look, maybe if you're inheriting, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you inherit and say well, there's a project. It's uh, the job is to win games. The job is to get the fans enjoying the football you know and that's what we hope we can do so in terms of level where you want to be going back in so let's take England for example are you talking about championship or would you drop down to league one if it's like a team challenging for promotion and what sort of or is it just job by job basis like no, I, would, I would consider I would consider the club and if, if you've got an opportunity to be successful I think as if that's what somebody said about being the project but generally you know, and I, I, I've been at some great clubs. I've been very, very fortunate. The fans that have, I mean, Millwall isn't as big as some of the others I've been at, but the fans were brilliant when I was there. And ah, uh, you know, I could then get to Wolves and Sunderland and Wolves and Ipswich, all great clubs and good support. And that's what I would like if opportunity arises. But that's not, I'm not, I'm not laying, I'd like to work. Yeah. I'd like to get back to being a manager and doing what over I've done over over a thousand games, a thousand and twenty odd games, and coaching, and get me and TC back doing what we th- I think we've been good at. No, it says TC been nagging. You say Mick, come on, we need to get back in the game. Absolutely, yeah. He brings me up for a catch up. He rang me up yesterday. I was on the golf course. Was it yesterday? I said TC can't talk. Man, I'm on the golf course. All right, Gaffer. Sorry, sorry. I'll call you back. So I'll catch up with him today. But I've, I've, I've bunged his load. He is one of the best coaches I've ever, I've ever worked with or seen. And how he works with strikers is amazing. And he would he improved everybody that we've had that's come through us. You know, Kevin Doyle at, at, yeah. uh, at Stephen Fletcher at Wolves. I go back, uh, Daryl Murphy had only ever scored 10 goals ever. He was the leading scorer. Did he get twenty? Did he get just short of thirty goals the year we were in the with Ipswich? And he coaches them two or three times a week. Friday morning, he's bang at it, and it's not always shots going everywhere. He is right on it. And if your movement's not right and your finish, your touch is not right, and it's if you blaze it over the bar, no, hard and low, keep it on the tack. All everything, the finer detail, and uh, every striker his work with has benefited from him what's been the toughest period of your career obviously you've had an evergreen career you've had great moments and obviously I know you must have had some low points so what would you say has been the toughest toughest part of your career uh, look whenever it's starting to go wrong it's it's a tough one I mean I say about Bielsa and Daichi and them I go to Sunderland and we, we've lost all those names, we've got, we've got really, we've had to get shut of all these players, we turn it around by signing young and hungry players, 
and we finished third semi-final then we win the league but the following year I was horrible because we'd not really invested in, in the team and we ended up bottom of the league that was tough I would say not similarly at Wolves because when we went to Wolves we had I was the third season in the Premier League mm-hmm. and so we did invest and that was that wasn't as bad uh, any time it's going wrong it's uh, it's horrible and so you, my view is enjoy the good times and when it's going wrong you know and if I you had to get it honestly and this for pressure I don't I don't do all that pressure nonsense it's like I'm feeling stressed I'm not stressed it's it's a tough old job but you get on with it and I love every bit of doing it so if you had to like advise a younger coach manager like what, what would you say to them in terms of those tough periods well yeah that's funny it's, uh, maybe the toughest time ever was when I was at Millwall in my first job and if if the stats if through the LMA if you lose your first job very early on mm. the chances you're getting mm. another one is I can't remember the percentage they gave the stats out it's it's a lot <laughs> very unlikely to get another job and so I'm in there and we, and we lost we lost at Port Vale in the last minutes of the game and uh, I was raging I was absolutely raging and I, I didn't know what I didn't know what to do and, and I remember Fiona we were coming back from church um, one Sunday morning and my kids are only young and they're in the back of the car and they're kicking my seat and they're just they're only playing acting up and I turned and I, and I spat me dummy out with them <laughs> and Fiona God love her she, she turned on me and said it's not them it's you in no uncertain terms you're completely distracted your phone rings you go and answer it you're da 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 I had a long I had a long list of uh, misdemeanors I was up to and you know what, she was dead right. And so my advice to any young manager is don't let it consume you, every single bit of it, because it was doing with me. And uh, it was Fiona that, you know, brought me out of it as much as anything, not letting it consume me all the time. And, I t- and, I- and enjoy your time off, enjoy your weekend off. If you get a few days off, don't think you have to be in that training ground so everybody's seen you in the training ground. Mm. You go and have a break. You take the wife away for a weekend. You go and have, if there's an international break, you go and have three or four days away. Because it'll be waiting for you when you get back. It'll mm. still be there. But you should try and enjoy it more. And I think if you asked anybody, they'd probably say, you know, you enjoy it when it's winning, but it's the, it's the harder, leaner times when you're still doing the same job. You're still coaching, you're still managing, you're still up to the directors, you're still looking to the fans and trying to appease everybody, and you are, you're in that role and everybody's looking at you to do the job. Try and enjoy it and try and try not to let it affect your family, because it can do. So in terms of positives, because we spoke about when it's not going well, what's the best sort of period of your career that you can sort of remember where you just thought, oh, life is life is lovely here? Oh, winning the league, you know, qualifying for the World Cup with Ireland. I mean, yeah. I, not much better than that. that. I mean, that was a tough time. I had three, the third attempt we qualified. I took over from Jack Charlton. That's as, that's as a ridiculous thing to do as taking over from Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> and, it, and it was, you know, I turned of, but wear those big shoes, you know, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And changing that around, that was tough for me, and I did get some pelters. We ended up qualifying, so you qualify, 
in November, whenever there's a chill time, oh mate, all the way around to the World Cup, all we're doing, we're looking forward to it. So we've qualified through the playoffs. Yeah. We're all heroes until June the following year. Well, we've got we've got friendlies coming up, but that don't matter. You qualify course, for the yeah. World Cup, you know. So that time was was Nirvana for me. That was fabulous. <laughs> and when you, whenever you win anything, you're doing well. You know, the, the year we won the league at Sunderland, and yet up until was it about ten games? We went to Brighton and lost at that stadium where it used to be a. Uh, with Dean, is it the with Dean? Dean yeah. The uh, horse trial yeah. place. Oh, we lost 2 1 there. And I came off and we had to walk right past our fans. I was getting pelters. <laughs> I mean, and we were, we were still top three or something. <laughs> and I think we went 1 8 on the bounce. We had, we had some amazing run then. And we win the league. And then that's, you know, those times are great. Uh, but you know what? It's always the defeats that. Stick with mm, you. Yeah. You only asked me about it. I started talking about Sunderland and that, and winning the league at Wolves. Oh, that was just that was awesome. And then being in the Premier League for three years, and some of the great games that we had against Manchester United, beating them at home and beating Chelsea, and we beat City. You know, we had some terrific games, and we were always scratching around near the bottom, but we were always together and stuck at it. They were great times, but you know, when you when you're winning, it's enjoy it. I wanted to also ask you about a player that you've coached at Ipswich Town. Um, Ipswich obviously signed him from Chippenham Town FC. I think, you know, I'm going to talk about Tyrone Mings. So he's someone that, I don't know, polarises opinion in the football sort of space. A lot of people sort of question his performances, um, especially under Steven Gerrard. People sort of saying he's the weak link, etc. You know the man. So like, what type of character is he? Uh... He's a lovely young man. When we signed him for ten grand, it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the story is we're walking across. Um, no, forgive me. No, no, <laughs> terrible. Uh, oh wait, no, no. Anyway, I'm walking across to watch Tyrone play in a trial and. Uh, Forget the guys now. He, he, he was he partnered Terry Butcher for years and years, and he's, he's got forgive me because it's gone. <laughs> and then we said about heading too many balls. It'll come to me that. So we're walking on. He's brought him into the club, and you know I said, yeah, we'll have a look at him. And as I, I'm walking across at Ipswich, the, the pitch is like a pitch away, and I saw him do something, and then he heads one, and then I come across to him. Oh, I said we'll sign him now on that. Yeah, and then. We were. He was. He was. He's a proper warrior. He's a proper aggressive. Great guy you'd have around him. He's an intelligent lad. Uh, just a lovely young fellow. I had, had a great time for Tyrone. And then I said to him, it was about 65, 70 minutes. I said, take him off. He, he went kicked something. He, he kicked through a straight leg tackle, and he hurt himself. And I yeah. said, take him off. And as he's coming off, he's giving out yards to me, saying, well, take it off. I said, I'm taking you off because I want to sign you. Shut your gob. And <laughs> so so he, uh, I said, you've done enough. Come on, get off the pitch. And and he was great. And, I, and I mean, oh, you know, he left early on. He played left back because I, I didn't think at the time. He was rampaging. He was rapid. He was brilliant. And we got good centre-halves. And I thought he was a young, too young for that for centre-halves. I wanted the two lads I had. 
and he, and he left and goes down to Bournemouth as well. Uh, Villa, it's sad sometimes he's involved in the goals. Mm. I, uh, if anything, uh, is it a criticism? It's almost like a compliment. He's too committed. He wants to do well, like, <laughs> and he wants to go and win every ball. And he wants to, he, and I, I see him sometimes. He looks to me, and I hope he, because I still get messages from him. I'll message him and you know, wish him good luck. Uh, he's a bit like, like I would have done. You want to leave a bit on somebody, as well, you know? <laughs> and you want you want to go and win every ball, and 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 he sometimes can be almost overcommitted. Mm. Is that too I, emotional I, I, I think, ego as well? Because I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's egotistical. No. In terms of centre-backs, because I'm a Liverpool fan and we used to have someone called Dejan Lovren and he yeah. was someone that, you know, like, striker, it. you battled me last time, you won the physical duel, I'm going to win it next time, sort mm. of thing. Rather than saying, you know what, you're stronger than me, I'm going to step off. Well, there's there's nobody stronger than Tyrone, I'm telling <laughs> you that. So, But is it, there's a tactical, technical and physical battle going on with them yeah. and you have, you have you know you have to be cuter than just and I I, had it, I remember Jack Charlton saying to me he came to watch me at Newcastle and he says to me and I, I, I lost the field give a few free kicks away and he said you know you don't have to win every other yeah. and I looked at him Jack Charlton saying that to me going he won every other yeah so well, he said look you know you're giving fouls right at the edge of the box and you, you'd, you'd been overly aggressive be a bit <laughs> Be a bit smarter. Yeah. Uh, up again, just drop off. Let him, you know, if he has it there, he's not doing any damage. Yeah, and, and it, it's learning like that, you know, and I, I say, and I love Ty, and I I sincerely hope it, it gets better for him, but he's, you know, it, and I had, oh, wow, I had a tough time at Man City. I, I went there, and I got player of the year after, De- I've signed in December, I got player of the year, following year was all right, and then all of a sudden, it goes completely <laughs> Pete Tong. I'm, 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 I'm giving penalties away. I'm, I'm giving free kicks away. I'm scoring own goals. I am playing hopelessly. And Billy McNeil stuck with me. And God love him, to this day, he stuck with me. And it, it ended with playing Berry at Main Road in a cup tie because their ground wasn't suitable. And somebody shot, I can't remember who, somebody shot from about 35 yards and I'm stood in the 18 yard box, like waiting for it to come and somebody does something, it hits me on the hand and it gives a pedal. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I thought, well that's not me, that, that's nothing to do with me, I, can't, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. And the following, so the following Saturday we're playing against uh, Oxford away and it was Billy Hamilton, Big Northern Ireland fella, and again, I forgot his name. We'll play it. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, two look him up. Two, two absolute terrorists <laughs> playing against me. Well, they probably thought I was a terrorist, then. and I decided from then on that was me. Because when it was going wrong, I was trying to do things that I wasn't capable of. Yeah. I was trying to make it right all the time. Mm-hmm. Thought right. The, the, the information that uh, Alan Clark gave to me when he joined Barnsley I was about 1920 he said you head it kick it take it off the opposition and give it to one of our players who can play 
and I, I took real exception to that for about 12 months and I realised he was right that was, and at my career was about, yeah I could play but I was a lot better at stopping the opposition playing and I went back to that and me Joe Joe Cook Joe Cook Joe Cook was it somebody will pick me up but listen if I'm wrong you found Oxford <laughs> right forgive me but I'm sure it was uh, Joe Cook and Billy Hamilton and we had a war <laughs> seriously yeah and it was the best game I'd had in about two months. And it got me back on track, yeah. doing what I was doing. So, you know, we started off talking about Ty. I love him, and I, and I sincerely hope that he's, uh, any issues that he's had over the, and the new manager gets him back on track, because he's an asset to any club. I think final one from me, before we just quickly have two or three minutes on life outside of football. As you were mentioning that story, I was even thinking of Harry Maguire, who, you know, has been much criticised yeah. much maligned <laughs> recently due to his yeah. performances. And obviously we're going into a Winter World Cup, um, which has had a lot of media coverage um, due to human rights, ethical reasons. What's your thoughts on, on the World Cup and England's chances and Wales's chances and who do you think will eventually win it? Uh, I think they'll be looking at the usual suspects to win it, whether it's France or whether it's Brazil. I mean, Italy, Italy won the Euros. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, 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 they haven't. Yeah, yeah. No, so but talking about what happens to managers, how does that happen? You win it? Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I think you might look at the usual suspects. England, I would have thought after the Euros, and and they look like I think they should have won the Euros. And uh, you know, when it goes to penalties, all right. But was it 4 0 they lost to Hungary? I just couldn't, yeah, I can't believe weird. that result. Where, did, where does that come from? If they can get back on track, they've got good enough players to do well in it. What do I think about the World Cup? I think I think when, when it starts, I think it'll be brilliant. And everybody will love it. Forget about yeah. it, yeah. And I, I, I really don't like the fact that the human rights, but, you know, there's other places where they've been having people working for hours and hours on end and people go on holiday there and never say a word about it. Uh, I just can't get my head round. You know, if, if people don't think it's right to go there, if they criticise them, then, you know, don't go. My only other thought is on, on, on where it is, is that how do we get change? Maybe by taking it there. By all the publicity, everything that goes off, maybe there will be change. Maybe maybe it'll just when it ends on December, whatever it is, the date, the final, it might just go back to being Doha. I don't know. I hope it's a really good World Cup. Uh, I don't agree with human rights. I don't agree with the fact that being gay is illegal. That's all of those things I'm completely against. Mm. But the World Cup has been taken there. And I think then we should all try and enjoy it. And I think it will once the football starts. So in terms of England sort of World Cup squad, if you were to pick a squad of players, is there anyone you would have brought in or maybe someone that maybe doesn't deserve to be there? No, no chance. Don't get me on that. When I've had that, it's, you name a squad, it's never about the people who are in the squad. It's always about the ones that you left out. And... and Poor old Gareth must have been wringing his hands when Ivan Tony played so well and scored yeah. some goals. The <laughs> That's weekend. your type of striker as <laughs> yeah. well, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, complete, you know. He uh, he's been he's been exceptional, and and I and I've 
I've watched him and he's I've watched his progress from when he was at Peterborough. Uh, Peter. Oh, okay. Northampton, I believe he was at Northampton. Yeah, I've watched his progress. Always. And he's just he's made himself into a real efficient Premier League striker. And it but it's what you want and it's 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 individual choice and I guess Gareth but he, he can't come out and give the reasons why for everybody and the reasons why not. And I said, it's always about the people who are not in the squad. <laughs> Never about the ones who are in it. And I just, I, I really sincerely hope it's a good World Cup and we all enjoy the football and it's something to be lauded. Yeah. But, you know, there's loads of things I can disagree with, but it's there and it's been awarded the World Cup. So all the players are going. They're all going to do their little bit, I think, to try and help change. Um but in the meantime, I intend to watch it and then hopefully I'll enjoy it. As a Liverpool fan, um, obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold, the England right-back situation, courts a lot of interest. People say Rhys James is a fully balanced defender. Trent can only attack. He's only good in Liverpool's system, etc. What do you make of Trent Alexander-Arnold as a player, first of all? I think he's brilliant. Yes, I think he has his, uh, his defensive flaws. But Liverpool, so you say he can only play in that Liverpool system. He uh, he plays all of the back. I mean, he creates so many chances, so many goals. Gets his own goals with his free kicks. He does his defensive work. I don't know how many goals he's been responsible for. I see sometimes at the far post, does mm. he defend that particularly well? Well, that's the thing we talked about right early on. You know, he's got to learn by that. Um, but I love him. I'd, I'd I'd have him in my squad all day long because most teams play with you know some are playing with three centre halves most of them play with two, two and two sitters yeah. well how many how many do you want defending you've got <laughs> yeah. two centre halves you've got two sitters that means for me your, 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 your wingers are going to play on the inside and your full backs are going to be a real attacking Fine, force yeah. and there's nobody that I can see who's a better attacking force than Trent I think he's terrific so for you, for England, who would be your starting right back in the World Cup? Well, if I say anybody else other than Trent now, it sounds like I'm being stupid, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I, I like James, to be fair, but he's, he's yeah, injured. injured yeah. And I don't analyse either of them that much that it's like that it's my decision to make. Mm. I, I, and by the way, they're both good going forward. Uh but James is not fit. Who's the other fullback? There's Trippier. He's Trippier. been amazing. He's been amazing. He's been absolutely well, fantastic. Well, that's not my decision. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I think he's been. I, I'd like either of them, okay. and I'd, I wish I wish I had a tough decision to make in like a World that. Cup yeah, like that. Yeah. And and whichever one he picks, the other one, it's going to be the wrong one. I tell you, unless he does unbelievably well. But yeah, Trippier has been fabulous. What a great signing for yeah. Newcastle he's been. Thank you, Mick. You've been brilliant. Um, life outside of football. Well, we know what you get up to because yeah, every time, every time I call you, like, yeah, yeah. Portugal, golf, <laughs> cycle, time with the family. I'm just with the grandkids. I'm gonna have to call you back. <laughs> what do you like getting up to? Well, all of those things, of course. Um, look, you know, you've you've had enough football managers on talking about it. We're sort of uh, we're time poor as a as a football mm. manager you know whether I be travelling 
you know, if, when I was at Ipswich, my, my routine would have been if we, we play Saturday and we haven't got a game that week, I'd come home, I'd be home Saturday night, home Sunday, first thing I'd be off at half five, Monday morning, into the training, Monday, Tuesday. If we got Wednesday off, I'd, go, I'd, I'd be going to a game Tuesday night, maybe get back and have a Wednesday around. So, and that went on forever. And if you've got two games a week, you've no chance. You're, yeah. you're, living, out, you're living out of your suitcase. So, being time rich, I've enjoyed having a holiday I've enjoyed spending time with the kids I've enjoyed spending me uh, picking grandkids up from school and taking them to you know do their sports and that's pretty much what I have done over the last 12 months it's getting a bit boring now though, to be it doesn't sound boring does it to anybody else who's not no, doing it no, I get yeah it when sounds... I phone you and I come off the phone I'm like wow mixed living life that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just thought if I'm if I'm not going to work, I might as well enjoy my time. That's, that's just what I've been doing. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, like, in terms of other interests that you have, like, what other things apart from football do you do? Uh, I keep trying to keep fit. I spend time with Fiona, of course, my wife, and uh, we do look after the kids and grandkids. Uh, mine is sport; always has been. <laughs> I go and play golf. I'm up in the morning on my walk bike, have an hour there. I go out and cycle. I'm not. So, I'm not so bothered about cycling. In this weather, weather yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard enough on the roads without cars coming past with the windscreen wipers on and yeah. steamed up. Because they've set off and it's steamed up. They can't see us. Uh, that is me. That is that is what I do. I try and I try and keep myself fit, and and I thoroughly enjoy it. Although. It, it, I miss it, you know. When you're at a club, you've got uh, you've just got more camaraderie around you. Mm. And I, I watch loads of football. I watch it on the telly. I, as we spoke before, I don't go to too many live games. Uh, Mick McCarthy turning up and somebody's had a bad time. Daddy mm. wanted job. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it. Does, and I don't, I don't, and I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that at all. Mick, final question from me, and it's a new segment that we've added onto the podcast where we ask our guests that we've had on to recommend a potential next guest for us in football. So it can be a manager, it can be a player that you've coached, it can be absolutely anyone in football. It could be Tyron Mings for all we know, you know, <laughs> probably yeah. a good fit for the platform. Um, who would, who would, who comes to mind for you? You've, you've done me up like a kipper, haven't you? I mean, you, you, give me, you give me some chance to have given that a little bit of thought. Uh, Sorry about that. I'm, I'm trying to think of the lads, you know, there, there could be all sorts of lads that I've I've worked with and, and had, you know, there's, there's like members of, of staff I've had. I tell you what, go and get Mickey Holland, who is the masseur for West Bromwich Albion, right? Okay. I'll go and get Andy Little who was the fitness coach at Ipswich uh, some of them like that have got great stories to tell that mm. of course they're not I, I could just have you Tony Pulis on Pulis is a different class he'd, he'd talk to you he'd, <laughs> loads of stories if you want managers but I'm just trying to think of people that when, when I've been at clubs who've been entertaining who have you know always being there always do the jobs properly but entertain as well mm -hmm. and the two lads in different ways would be but uh, yeah go and get a Pulis on go and get uh, you've had Warney on have you? 
Have you a nail, huh? I've given him a few calls, but he hasn't got back to me. <laughs> and he, he gave me a missed call, but I think it was an accident, and I called him straight back, but he didn't pick up. Yeah. We, we would love to get one. Yeah. We would love to. Oh, go and get somebody on who lives in the Isle of Dogs, or somebody who lives in the city who's, who doesn't have to travel. Because <laughs> cool. you lads were moaning about travelling this morning. Yeah, the Blackwall Tunnel was yeah. hectic. I know, I That's not yeah. good enough of an excuse, then. You got to be on time. You got on time. We got on time. Yeah, we're gonna leave it there. Did you anything else? Or? No, I just it's been a pleasure to speak to you and just pick your brain and find out about your story and what you're up to now. And as I said, thank you very much for honouring your word. No, it's a pleasure, as I said, I'd do it. I know it's been 12 months, is it, since you've yeah, been me, yeah. tracking me down. <laughs> anyway, it's a pleasure. It's nice to meet you, lads, and good luck with it. Thank you, mate. People don't understand the, the grind of, you know, getting guests. You know, a lot of people reach out to us, oh, where's the content? It's been two weeks, we haven't seen a new podcast, but this this process is very difficult and we're, we're always working well, on it. if you don't hardest. mind, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know you guys at all. I get a call from somebody called Dej. <laughs> My missus says, who's that? I said, it's Dej. No idea. He wants me to do a podcast. No idea. He says he's had Brendan Rogers on. I to believe. So my mate this morning said, where are you going? I said, I'm going up to uh, into the city on the train. I said, I don't know either of these two guys. I could get kidnapped here. I've got no idea who they are. I could be locked That's up in true, a room. So I ain't got a clue. But in in relation to that, if, I, if, if this helps you guys, and I'm sincere about that, you know, I, I don't know. You're not, you're not, Cammy and, and mm. on, on the podcast. Yeah. If I can help you, that's what I'd want to do. If you're yeah. a startup, if you want to do something, I don't know how many. Obviously not. You've been, you've interviewed loads. That's my view because I think we, football's got a lot of room for employment, and if you can do that, I'd be happy to help you. Out. Proper man. Thank no. you very Top much, man. man. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. And we've spoken to so many people, and they always have positive things to say about you. So it's been an absolute yeah, privilege. Yeah, Matt Jarvis, we've had on as well. Oh, he right. would just yeah praise you to the top. We had him on like eighteen months <laughs> yeah. ago, and yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't recommend him. Now <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna leave it there. That's another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. Follow the social handles in the bottom and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also like the video if you want to see more content like this. And we're going to leave it there. Thank you, Mick. Thanks, Dej. Over and out. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.